Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. I want to welcome you to the show today, and I want to talk about blended families. And this, this episode is entitled, Yours, Mine, and Ours. And I want to talk about blended families is because having a blended family of my own, I wanted to be able to share with you all that may be going through something uh, with a blended family that, you know, the experiences that I'm going through may be able to help you. And that's what I want to do today. But I want to start off by asking a question. How many of y'all remember the movie Cinderella or the TV show Brady Bunch? And what did they have in common? And I'll give you a second to think about it. Um, And some of y'all may not know what Brady Bunch is, depending on your age. Uh, Cinderella, you may not remember the original Disney movie, but you may remember the the current uh, remakes of it. But what was what the common theme between those two was step parents, and they were step parents on a spectrum. And Cinderella was on the evil side of the spectrum, and the Brady Bunch was on the the uh, completed or the nicer side, I should say, of the spectrum. Because the story of Cinderella is it's about the wicked stepmother and the ugly stepsisters that, that torment Cinderella, keeps her from going to the ball, but she finds a way to get to the ball and meets Prince Charming and lives happily ever after. Then in Brady Bunch, it's about a man and a woman who met. They both had... Uh, kids of their own, and they put them in a mix. It's about a 30-minute TV show, and it doesn't matter what they go through, but at the end of the show, everybody's hunky-dory and everything works over. And then it's a fictional family. But to be real about this, it's not like that. All right? So blended families is a, is a new term in history. It's always been called step-parents. And some say it goes back 50 years. I say it goes back a lot further than that. Because if we want to see the the, the quote-unquote true wicked stepmother, then you have to go back to the book of Genesis and Genesis uh, 21.10. And to give you a, a backstory to this, this is the story of Abraham, which you all should know, and his wife Sarah. Sarah couldn't bear any children, so they had a, uh, a, a servant woman by the name of Hagar. And so Sarah sent Hagar to spend a night with Abraham and became pregnant with Ishmael. And then later on, uh, God blessed Sarah with Isaac. And I pick up in, in verse 10, and this is where Sarah's talking to Abraham and says, Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share the inheritance of my son Isaac. So the jealousy was already there, all right, because... Yes, there was Ishmael, and I believe that Abraham was trying to be a father and be a dad to Ishmael and also be a, be a father and a, and a dad to Isaac. But this is, this is the jealousy that built up with Sarah because Sarah did not want to share whatever inheritance with uh, Hagar and Ishmael. So uh, Abraham ends up sending them off into the wilderness. And so that's that's one extreme. That's the wicked side of that. But if you want to look at the loving side of step parents, then we have to we have to dig into the Bible and go over and, and read about Joseph and Jesus. Uh, 
And as we all know the story of Joseph, um, he is to be married uh, to a woman named Mary. And the Holy Spirit comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a son and you're going to name him Jesus. And then Mary goes off and spends some time with her her relatives um, for about three months, then comes back and talks to Joseph. Now, remember, she's three months pregnant now. And so Joseph sees this. He's listening to Mary. He can't quite grasp his, put his head around this situation. And so now he's going to find a way to quietly call off everything and send her off without causing any shame or harm to her. And then the, the Holy Spirit comes and and backs up what Mary told him. And then if we know the rest of the story. Uh, he takes Mary and he leaves and they, they travel. And then Jesus is, is born in a manger. But Joseph raised Jesus as his own flesh and blood. Even though he was our heavenly fathers, he was God's only son. His earthly father raised him with unconditional love just did everything for him, taught him skills as a carpenter. So we see the, the, the two spectrums of a loving step-parents versus evil step-parents. But now, you know, blended families, whether you are becoming one, you are one, or you've been one for many years, you know that at one time or another in your life, somebody has asked you, how does this thing work? I can tell you when my wife and I decided to get married, um, I had two children from my previous marriage. She had three from her previous marriage. And when we came together, we had a lot of people ask us a question. You know, being a blended family is going to be tough. Are you sure you know what you're getting into? Are you sure you're wanting to do this? And now, that's, that's a lot of heavy questions to start asking uh, people. But I can tell you, today, four years after the fact, I wouldn't take nothing in the world from my family. And, you know, whether you want to call them stepkids or, or whatever, I call them my kids. And, and I'll get more into that later. Because if you're looking for that smooth transition and that happy family life of between you, your spouse, and your children, but you know things are not going to always be easy. That transition sometimes is difficult. It can be done, but it's difficult because of different backgrounds or different um, issues from the previous marriage, whatever, you know, the age of the children. There's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that play into this, but what we have to do is, is we have to be able to work together. The, the two parents have to be able to come together and work as what I call a, 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 a parent unit because they got to be able to handle what life throws at them. Now, you know, I could tell you there's, there's several things that you shouldn't do as a, as a blended family. And the first thing is never disagree with each other in front of your children. When, you, when spouses have conflicts or any conflicts, they should be discussed behind closed doors. It's very tempting to stand up for your own child and point fingers at your stepchild. And it's equally tempting to accuse your spouse of an unbalanced discipline towards your child. I'll say this. Every parent's natural instinct is to protect their children, whether the child is right or wrong. I'm guilty of that myself. My 14-year-old, and as I told you at the beginning, I, I, I had two, two children from my previous marriage, uh, two boys. One of them is now 20, out of the house, and a 14-year-old. And my wife, from her previous marriage, we have a set of twins 
who are boy and girl that are nine and a, and a little girl that's six and a half. And I can tell you, it's, it's paternal instincts to protect your children. Now, I can tell you my 14-year-old, um, he's a teenager. I can say whether he's in a good mood or a bad mood or whatever, um, he'll, he'll do things not only to uh, cause heartburn inside the house or whatever, because they're kids, and even the young kids do it. But we find ourselves trying to protect, protect our own child because it's our instincts. we got to learn that, hey, discipline is discipline. we got to stop trying to protect them like that. And I can tell you that if you're having that, that uh, discussion, argument, agreeing to disagree, definitely do that away from the kids. Um, too many times you get into that discussion, whether it's, it's low-key, you know, soft-spoken or whatever, but tempers may flare. Because you know you got to understand, um, you got you got two people that's that's working, and and whatever the situation may be, maybe trying to pull them in opposite directions. So you got to be able to take that away from the children because they need to know that wherever they're at, the home that they're in, it's a safe and secure place. But but first and foremost, they got to be able to know that that the the step parent and the parent that are together, they're working as a, a cohesive unit because they need to see a united front and a stable relationship because you got to understand these kids have come from whatever dynamics in their background and now they've been put together and so they're still trying to figure things out because I can tell you that now they're vying for their, their parents' attention or they're, they're trying to figure out where am I at in this? You know, have have I been replaced instead of being added to a family? Have I been replaced by somebody? And that's that's the things you got to be able to nip in the bud and be able to tell them no. You know, you're not being replaced. And I can say that if you're able to do that and they have a clear and understanding, and sometimes they won't, depending on their age. You know, you got to be able to 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 jump in there and really explain that. Because, as I said, it's important for them to see that united front and a stable relationship. Because if they don't see that, they, they start seeing a crack. And children are notorious about exploiting that, you know, depending on what, what the situation may be. So the, the key to this is we got to back up our spouses, you know. We got to be able to, to have each other's back no matter what we're doing in our parenting plans. In addition, each child needs their quality time with their natural parent. And, you know, step-parents have to understand this because if, if the, the child needs to have that one-on-one time with their parent, that's something that should be done because that helps, that helps them to be able to, to still keep that relationship with each other. But in turn, I will say this, you also got to be able to, to establish family outings to show that this is a whole family doing family quality things because without that and you keep keep the two situations or the two children or the set of children I should say separated then they never learn how to bond and, and grow together and then there's there becomes the issue because now they're not able to to do what they need to do so we got to be able to establish with them a safe place, know that their parent and their step-parent are together, they're unified, 
and they're working for the good of the entire family. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to get into a little bit more of this episode and and unpack some more about blended families and uh, really explain different dynamics of it. So when we get back from our break, we'll get right back into it. Hi, everybody. I'm Jerry Wicker, the host of the Savvy Beach Bums podcast, which is a personal development podcast focused on exploring the day-to-day behavior we all engage in that determine the results we gain in our lives. It's where I share simple strategies you can use to help you live the beach bum life, which is a life of freedom like a beach bum without being broke. You can always check out all the latest with the Savvy Beach Bums podcast on our blog, which is SavvyBeachBums.wordpress.com. You can email us at SavvyBeachBums at Outlook.com. And be sure to click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to the Savvy Beach Bums podcast. And as always, Beach Bums and Mermaids, Live free. Peace. Right now, though, let's get back to more of the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast with my good friend, Royce Bottom. All right, I want to welcome you guys back. Uh, Before the break, we talked about blended families. Um, We talked about um, understanding what a blended family is, discussing that uh, using the examples of Cinderella and the Brady Bunch, talking about how bringing a, a blended family together is not always easy, but it can be done. Uh, showing examples in the Bible um, with Hagar and Abraham um, and the wickedness of a step-parent with Sarah, and then a gentle and a meek and a loving side of a step-parent, uh, showing an example of Joseph and Jesus. So now I want to get into the, the hats, the different hats that parents wear because becoming a blended family requires us to fill more roles than we would usually require in a traditional uh, parent. And sometimes we're pulled in various directions and some of the roles can be vying for the dominance over each other. And when we identify our different roles within our family and put them in order correctly, it would help our marriages and our families to flourish. But sometimes we often forget a blended family that the most important role in the home is that we are fulfilling the role of a spouse. All right? Because God put you two together. You know, when, when, when you found her or him and she, he or she found you and y'all came together, you came together under the holy matrimony and you become one. Uh, the Bible says, you know, a man shall leave his, his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and they should become one flesh. So you become one. And being that, being fulfilled through marriage as, as one unit, that's very important. And having the role of a spouse is very important. Being a supportive spouse, um, being, being that uh, extra... Uh, stability to to help things run smooth because one of the issues that that I that people find out is children must learn they're no longer first no nevertheless most importantly they got to understand that children are no longer first in a relationship at the point of marriage when we become one with our spouse it's now 
our roles and responsibility is to each other. All right? No matter what the demands of the children or the life's pressure puts on us, because it will, and it will cause you to make your marriage always secondary. But you always got to remember to keep your marriage first, because it was, it was uh, you two that came together. All right? So outside of the relationship of God, the marriage should always be the priority relationship. But many times we become so focused on blending our, our children and learning about them that we forget to invest and learn and spend time with each other as, as spouses. No matter how busy life gets or how many demands are placed upon us, we must always remember our first priority in our relationship is with our spouse. As I said earlier, outside of the relationship of God, our marriage is top priority. And too many times I see this or I've heard this that just as I, I just said a few minutes ago, we get so focused that we're trying to do the right thing that we forget about how it all got started. It all got started because of marriage. It all got started because you fell in love with that person. They fell in love with you and you wanted to be together. And so we, we tend to, to take our marriage and put it behind us, whether it be second place, third place, or whatever. And unfortunately, some families completely bury their marriage. They just put it so far off because they're so focused with everything that's going on that there now becomes marital problems starting up in their lives because they have, they have honestly hurt their own marriage. So how do you preserve your marriage and keep it as top priority? A few tips I want to share with you is put God first. He should be the Lord of your life and the Lord of your marriage. Always keep Christ centered in your life because if you don't have Christ centered in your life, you don't have it in your marriage, you can't go any further. Uh, you know, as I just said, there's seven tips I'll share with you, but if you can't get past that first one, none of the rest of them are going to help you because I can tell you from personal experience, once you move Christ out of the center and you fill that, that void, that space with your career, with your spouse, with whatever the case may be, your, your whole marriage and relationship is doomed. And I know that because I, I live from experience of the past through a, a, a former marriage because it was not Christ-centered. So I'm telling you, you have to be Christ-centered to make sure your relationship works. you got to keep God first. Then you need to set time aside every evening for you and your spouse to talk about your days. That is sometimes easier said than done, but it needs to be done. I can tell you, my house, our house, runs busy. Anybody that's ever came over to, to visit with us, in-laws, they can, they can test to this. Because you're working full-time jobs, then you're coming home. Um, it's usually uh, my wife fixed dinner. She's a uh, full-time school teacher. So she has the kids with her. I'm picking up uh, my kids from, from their mother's house. We're coming in. We have dinner going. Um, our little dog's barking. Kids are playing or doing homework. It's just constant movement in the house. And then add sports or other additional programs to it 
now you got the additional stress of, of getting that handled. And then dinner, um, you try to get dinner on the table, get everybody settled down, you eat your dinner. Then after dinners, it's showers. And then it's laying out your clothes. It's doing all the stuff you have to do to get ready to unwind for the evening. And then it's, uh, the, the kids all have their desserts or their, their snacks as they get ready to unwind. And we try to watch a little television together. And then it's time to get, get up and get them up to bed. And by the time we do all that, hallelujah, my wife and I are finally by ourselves. But I can tell you the stress and the strain of the days take their tolls on us and we're tired, we're exhausted. So we may not spend that quality time together that we need to to talk about each other's day. Or it may be something quick and passing. But I want to I encourage you all that are listening to me, uh, just like I have to do and I'm still trying to do today and my wife is still trying to do, take the time out with each other in the evenings or when you can to talk about each other's day. And always be open to what your your spouse needs. Okay? The you can't be worried and focused just only on your needs. You gotta now focus on your spouse's needs. And some people may say, well, that's easier said than done. Well, yeah, it, you can say that, but you need to focus on each other's needs because you are there as a support for your spouse, as I as I said earlier, and she and she or he as your spouse is there as a support for you. So you need it to be open to what your spouse needs. And sometimes it may just, your spouse just needs to open up and, and vent. Uh, that's what my wife and I call it when we just got to unload our day. It's called venting, you know, and we may not be able to do that face to face. It may be something through a text, you know, and we'll text each other, need to vent. And we let it out, maybe having a bad day at work or maybe having a bad situation, no matter what we're doing. But we got to have that quality time to be able to spend together. And listen tentatively on what's going on in your spouse's life. Now, I'm guilty of that one too. Because I'm listening, but I may not be fully grasping. I'm listening, but I'm not... Or let me say it this way. I'm hearing what she says, but I may not be listening to what she says. And that's wrong because I'm stealing that time away from her that she's trying to share something with me. And it's just, this is not something you need to do when you got a house full of everybody running around and all this and you're at the active part of your house. Sometimes this is during the quiet times or when things are settling down. You know, but you, I'll, I'll tell you as, as a man, there's a difference between hearing and listening. And I need to learn how to be more of a, active listener so that way I'm truly understanding what she says all right and so once you're done with that now you got to keep your date nights all right if you if you haven't had a date night in forever with your spouse it's time to get a date night whether you got to hire a babysitter or whatever the case may be plan it plan date nights stick to them and find babysitters or someone to watch over the kids so y'all can go out and be able to spend that quality time for each other. You know, and if if the date nights are working and it's real good, plan time away, night away, spend a night somewhere just to be able to rekindle those flames. The same flames that y'all have when you're dating, you got to be able to do that because kids will, will they will take all of all your time whether you mean it or not, and I'm not trying to make it sound like a bad thing, 
but you get so focused on the family, as I said, you tend to put your marriage off because you're, you're trying to focus on what the kids need. But we got to always keep in mind that the kids do not come first in a marriage because it's between the man and the woman. And learn something that interests your spouse so you can engage them in his or her interest. Well, the best example I can give you is um, I'm a huge co uh, college football guy. Uh, my wife knows that. Now, she graduated from the University of Florida, um, and she, she likes sports. It's not the top of her priority, but uh, Southeastern Conference football, SEC football, is one of my all-time favorites. I live for the fall time because fall means football. And I get to watch the Georgia Bulldogs play, and that may not be your team, and you may want to stick your nose up or whatever, but that's my team. That's the team I like to watch play. And so uh, my wife has learned what football is so she could have that, that communication and share that interest. Um, you know, and I, and I can tell you that I need to learn more and more interests, interests of hers so we can share that and be able to talk. Now, without a shadow of a doubt, um, whether she wants me to tell you this or not, I can tell you this. My wife loves to run. She's an avid runner. So I know one of her interests that she doesn't get to do as much is she loves these uh, uh, marathons, whether they be uh, one around here is called Boulder Dash, something of that nature. She loves to run in marathons. Um, and that's something I want to support her in, and I want to encourage her to do that. So learn something interested with each other to where you can be engaged with each other. Now, the other tip to this is flirt with each other as much as possible. Just like you did when you were dating, the flirtation. It doesn't have to be a sexual in nature, but have that flirtation because you're flirting with each other. You're still interested in each other. You're still wanting that flame and that, that spark to keep happening. And, and the last thing I want to share with you is make communication a top priority in your marriage because without communication, it's hard to tell what each other's thinking about. So that's something that you really need to be able to focus on is have that open communication because when you're looking at all of these and the steps that I just, just uh, explained to you, now we're looking at the new personalities, the new customs, and the memories, and everything that's being added to a new household of a blended family. Okay? But we got to still understand a child is a child and the adult is the adult. Now, the new personalities and the customs and, and the new memories being built in a new household, now you're getting into bringing them into the house, making them feel safe. And you want to be able to do that because if they have a safe environment that the child can call their own or the children could call their own, then now they, they're going to be more uh, up to really growing and bonding with the family. All right? Because children do not have the same maturity and understanding of the dynamics of a new family as adults should. And... People need to understand that, um, for example, if, if you're going into a marriage and you have, you have children from your previous marriage and you're coming together, you know, it's now the whole brand new dynamics of, well, you know, 
where we used to live, we did this. Now where we live, we do that or whatever the case may be. You need to be able to, to be able to have a home because um, every, every family needs a home. They need to be able to have a home that they can call their own, that they can call this is, this is where we raise our family. See, the, the, the title of uh, yours, mine, and ours is, yes, you have your kids, I have my kids, but now they're our family. And that's, that's a dynamic that a lot of people don't understand because, yes, they're married. Yes, they somewhat uh, be able to co-mingle, but at the end of the day, it's not because for some reason they find a way to keep themselves separated. We gotta, we gotta stop that and be able to have, to nurture the relationships through a strong marriage, through a united front, to show the children that that this is their opportunity to come together. Now, I will tell you. Having a blended family is a challenge, but it, it is a great thing. And um, just to kind of give you a backstory um, with with my family is the dynamics and the disciplines and, and the customs and all of this that I just talked about um, can be unraveled. And it can be unraveled in a blink of an eye. And the reason why is uh, we're a week on and week off um, family. Um, they spend a week with us. Then they spend a week with their other, uh, their prospective parents. And you will have those type of parents out there that may be considered Disney parents. These are parents who uh, maybe are not fully hands-on when they're raising their children. They're hands-off or, or they're just busy with their life or whatever the case may be. And other people step in to help raise the children. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a dynamic in a sense because you're working on trying to to get the family to work as a as a well-oiled unit and then they may go back to their other parents house for that week and everything gets undone and they come back you know they may not be as respectful when they come back they may not do the things that they did when they were with you you can't let this frustrate you or if you do you can't let it be known now you you're going to be frustrated because you know, whether uh, they used to get up and take their dishes and put it in a, in a dishwasher um, when they're with you for a week and then they come back and they leave their plates sitting there or whether they don't clean up behind themselves or whether they're just uh, being disrespectful. This is disciplinary problems that you got to be able to work, work as a unit. Now, we'll tell you age differences always play in in a factor. This is something my wife always reminds me age differences you know teenagers are teenagers um love them but sometimes it's like wow you know was i ever that bad as a teenager um but younger kids whether they're eight nine or ten years old they they have their certain ways of doing things and then six and seven year olds they have their ways of doing things so you got to be able to work with it but you got to be able to to parent as a collective group between you and your spouse to be able to do what's right for the children, all right? Because when we follow the Bible verses, they can help us during times of raising a blended family. And when it seems like we're just up against the wall, we got to remember that what the, what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us a house divided cannot stand. And 
I'm going to repeat that. A house divided cannot stand. But I'm going to go a little bit more into example on this is uh, over in Matthew 7, 24. This is where Jesus is teaching about a solid foundation and he's teaching the disciples. And um, over, it's Matthew 7, 24, toward the end of the verse, he's talking about... Um, a wise man who once built his house upon a rock, and when the rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat up against the house, it did not fall because it was founded on the foundation of the rock. But then he goes on and talks about the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, and when these same rains and streams and winds blew, it fell because it wasn't founded on the foundation on a solid rock. So that's one thing we got to remember is... It's Christ-centered. If you're not Christ-centered, then you're not founded upon a very strong foundation. And no matter what you do, it'll collapse and, and fall. So you got to remember that um, when you're dealing with blended families is, is keep everything Christ-centered. Do what you have to do to teach your families about uh, Jesus to help them um, become a, a follower of Christ. And you know, Isaiah 6, 6, uh, I'm sorry, 66, 13 says, I will comfort a child as comforted by its mother. In Ephesians 4, 2, it says, Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. And the last thing I want to share with you uh, today on this episode is Ephesians 4, 29, 31 through 32. Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. Get rid of all the bitterness, the rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all type of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgive one another, just as God through Jesus Christ has forgiven you. I pray today that if you're going through situations in your blended family or you're about to become a blended family and you're just nervous and scared, give it to the Lord because I can tell you four years strong, I would take nothing for my blended family because my stepchildren, I consider them the, my own. They have their special name that they call me but sometimes when they're busy in, in life, they, they may get in a hurry and they may say, hey, daddy. And I answer them because to me, they're my children. Because I don't have stepchildren and natural children. I have five kids. And my wife treats the same way because my wife loves all of the kids. No matter what they do, she loves them all. So if you're going through something, you need somebody to talk to, reach out to us here at Jesus and a Cup of Joe. We'd love to hear from you and help you through things. But until then, we are going to get ready to close this episode. I enjoyed the time we spent together, and I look forward to seeing you in the near future. Y'all have a blessed day.